Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. everybody welcome to one of the last episodes of light the fight for 2020 and it could be the last episode of light the fight period if we tell you how we're really feeling today <laughs> what do well, they what's, say what's the, what's the opposite of the christmas spirit having the christmas spirit what's the opposite of that we got that one um, <laughs> you remember i don't know this will date probably this will date us and maybe those who are listening will will know do you remember in the seinfeld episodes when Kramer would say, Serenity now. Yep. I need that oh, yeah. on a t-shirt, I think. I think serenity I'm, now. Yeah. I need <laughs> there is no serenity right now. Yeah, you know, if, if if we were to say a prayer right now, we'd say, God bless us so that we don't curse and ruin this podcast at this particular moment. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord, baby Jesus. I'm a big fan of Talladega Nights movie. So, <laughs> so I, I, I in that movie, if you haven't seen that movie, talk about like it's a joking, comedic part of the movie. Well, the whole thing comedy, but the one guy says, "Dear Lord, baby Jesus." His wife's like, Jesus was a man. He grew up. He's like, I'm praying to Jesus. I'm doing the prayers. I'm saying grace. I want to pray to my Jesus." They all start going around the table saying, "I like my Jesus to play lead with Leonard Skinner. I like my Jesus to be like a ninja fighting off evil samurai." And the mom's <laughs> just sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this." She's like, "So." Whatever Jesus you believe in, too, we'd like Jesus to give us the Christmas spirit, full-grown Jesus, baby Buddha, baby Yoda, whoever's out there with the force and the power, <laughs> give us some spirit, because uh, we're, we're struggling today. You know why we're struggling? Let's just jump right into it, Heidi. We're Let's struggling. We're struggling because all of you are struggling. Man, we are hearing from you guys, and I just, I want you to know those of you who are listening, who are struggling, who are sad, who are supporting somebody who's struggling, I just want you to know that, man, I, I feel you. And it, and as much as it sucks, man, as David likes to say, if you're going through hell, keep going. I just don't stop. I know that both David and I are just. Um, we're hearing from people that we know, from people that we don't know, all around the world. And, um, man, you're not alone. Wait, yeah, um, sorry. No, it's, it's all right. I wish I had some awesome words, but I just, I, I think that I think that the fact is that this is a hard time. You take the year that we've been through um, and a, a nice steady dose of holiday times. And, um, and it's, it's a, it feels like a perfect storm. It probably isn't. There's probably a more perfect storm. 
Um, so you've come to the right place because we're, we're here in it with you. Yeah. yeah I was on, I was on hype for the podcast start. I feel like I'm trying to, I'm trying to like catch a tidal wave in the teacup, you know, <laughs> and it's just not fitting. It's not holding it in their place. Now, Heidi definitely has her finger on more of the pulse of people throughout the world because, you know, she's, you know, she has many of her loyal, um, you know, I, I don't know, just people that buy your products that followed you for years and all throughout the world. And so she, she gets a lot more of that than I do, even though I'm the professional, she's the person that's been through everybody's worst fears. So everybody likes to go to her and say, Hey, Heidi, on a scale from where, from where you've been to where I'm at, like, where am I at and what do I need to do? And I, I know that puts a lot of pressure on you, Heidi. And I, I know that you're thankful and, and you're grateful that people feel comfortable enough to reach out to you. And, and you're happy to, to hear the conversations and, and to be of some sort of help. But it kills you when you got nothing to offer to help them, like in the biggest picture. Now, everyone would argue, hey, you know, if you respond to their email or if it's a close friend, you talk to them on the phone. Of course, you help them personally with what they're going through, but being able to really slay the dragon, I, you know, I can only imagine, I, I, from my perspective, I know it's like to be like, all right, talk to you next week about the same shit show that you're probably going to make slight, small, <laughs> intricate, like progress on. And maybe in three years, things might start to seem a little bit better. I and mean, it's, it's really, it's like, we have to keep on going. You, you're going to keep on responding to emails, to DMs and stuff like that. But sometimes you get off just feeling like crap because you feel like you suck. You're not good enough. You can't help. And, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm so burned out of feeling that way. I mean, I go up and down and feel that way a lot um, throughout the year. This year, obviously, like most, like most people, wasn't normal. And man, I had a freaking mental breakdown. I had to go to counseling. I, I, if you didn't hear about those in the episodes, go listen to the May, June, July episodes. I'm like, just, you know, babbling. and then my wife said, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, but you guys newsflash like, David's human. <laughs> yeah. Well, shoot, um, anyone that knows me knows I'm an alien. I'm not human. I'm from a different planet. <laughs> not in a good way either. Not like one of those smart, intelligent aliens, you know, like <laughs> one of the aliens that, one of the aliens that crashed on earth because they weren't smart enough to fly their own vehicle aliens. Anyways, point is, um, you know, I'm feeling that way right now, Heidi, where I'm just like, man, I feel like I know it's like, you know, you don't suck, you know, you know, you care, you know, your heart's in it, you know, you say all the cool things and the heartfelt things that people get and relate to, but you get off those phone calls, you get off those messages going, really, that's it? Like, did I even really move the needle in the big picture? And I, 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 I have to say no to everybody that wants counseling. So automatically it starts off with, me saying a whole lot of things to try to help people. And then, oh, by the way, sorry, I can't help you. And then I always feel like crap. Like I'll never not feel like crap. And then even when I'm trying to help people that are like old clients of mine or people that are reaching out to me from the past, the resources, they're asking me like, if you're new to going through mental health issues or having family struggle with addiction, family members, loved ones struggling, like, you know, real grieving, really heavy stuff. I'm not saying that there's not support out there. I'm not saying that there's not treatment out there. What I'm saying is for how many people are struggling, we don't have what I say. We don't have a broken system because it would have had to work for it to break. We don't have a system. Now, 
the argument would be, well, of course we, we have me mental hospitals, we have this, we have that. Yes, we have a lot of things that can help a few people. A lot of the people are not in the extremes. A lot of people are, are on the are on the on the fringe, on the edges, but you know they, they haven't just attempted suicide. They haven't overdosed, and now they're going from a detox straight into a treatment facility. There's a lot of people. Are, it's like the gray area is such a wide, huge, open landscape, you know. And now people are scared. They're fearful. They're on the edge, but they're still in this area of like, if you're not like dying. There's home and not a lot in between. And for all you people out there that say, hey, well, I went to a treatment center and this helped me. Yes, I'm glad it helped you. How many people can afford it? Right. But do you know how much it costs to go to treatment for psychological, mental, or, or you know, drug and alcohol? It ain't free. They don't give it away for free. Even if your insurance helps you a little bit. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm trying to say that, Heidi's been getting a lot of this information, like people saying, you know, well, here's what I need. You know, can you help me get it? And then she goes, looks into it and they go, no, we tried that. That costs too much. Isn't there something free that helps you support people when they're not in the psych hospital, when they're not in detox, when they're not in treatment, that is something that helps the families and then build the relationships, work together, come up with realistic expectations. And the answer is no, there isn't. There's counseling that can help. There's coaching, there's outpatients, there's all these things, but there's not a system. So it's up to you, the listener, the support, maybe your support person for another family or friend that's going through something. The answer, it's up to you to create something with the resources that you have available. And learn. So, and keep, exactly. keep learning. And not and giving up because if you get a phone call, it says, oh, yeah, your insurance doesn't cover the place that 30 people told you would be the perfect place for your child or your loved one or your friend to go. How do you get off a phone call? I'm just painting a picture for you. You get off a phone call like that, you drop your head, and you felt like you got 50 no's because that one seemed like the silver bullet. I'm telling you guys, there's no silver bullet of saving your loved ones who are struggling or if you're the one who's struggling. There is multiple attempts, and I don't mean like – I'm not talking about suicide – multiple attempts to find the right counselor, the right treatment center. And I wish it wasn't this way. I wish it wasn't so hard. But the expectation, if you go into this with an expectation over the holidays that, you know, you're just going to grin and bear it and not deal with the grief or death of loved ones or the death of a relationship, a marriage, maybe your kids don't talk to you anymore. You know, maybe, you know, you just, it's your first year after a divorce and your first, you know, time alone. You know, if you just think that you're going to grin and bear and get through it, I mean, yeah, you could pull it off maybe, but at what cost? How's that going to start off 2021 for you? You know, like it's, it, there always comes a point where we got to pay the piper. We're going to have to deal with those feelings. And if you go out there and look for help and you can't find the right counselor right away, you don't find that something that works. I'm telling you, it is so hard to try again. And that's really what I want to focus on today is not being a Debbie Downer, but being just right honest with you and right up, you know, right, right up the middle. It's like, hey, your situation sucks. And if you get a no, if you can't afford something, you're going to want to give up. And you can't give up. you got to keep on going. Well, as I always say, technically you could give up, but you only have to pick up the pieces and try again next, next week, tomorrow, 
you know, sometime soon. If, if you get a no from a counselor or therapist like me, because, you know, a lot of counselors and therapists are booked up, there's just not enough of them. I, I used to always be surprised. I'm like, why did it take almost three months to make an appointment with a psychiatrist? Well, we're finding out that we're having the same challenges that people used to have getting in to see a psychiatrist is there's not enough people that work in psychiatry. And there's more people, far more people that need help with it. There's enough people who are counselors or experienced counselors that people feel comfortable with. And there's not enough of those counselors compared to how many people need it. There's not a lot of systems in between real extreme inpatient treatment and your home, your school, and, you know, an ER. There's not a lot in between. And so since there's not a lot in between, it's like a makeshift situation. You have to find a good counselor and then maybe that counselor can help you find, you know, another opportunity or someone to get medication if you need medication or maybe good health nutrition specialist. And then your doctor, it is a wraparound. It's a huge circle of lots of moving parts that you have to build and put together. And I wish it wasn't that way. I, I really, for anyone out there, like just getting frustrated by the process, let me tell you, I don't know any other process. I don't know one family, one person that just found me on a whim. And then all of a sudden, all these other places, all these other people and places just came together. And then they found this perfect success story. Never heard of it. And if I do, I mean, I, I'll give that person a ribbon, a trophy. <laughs> I'll see if I can do a documentary on them. Right. So what that tells me is that this is the norm. And if the norm is difficult and hard, then you have to be hard and difficult with your resiliency, with your unwillingness to be broken by the nose, by the disappointment, by how much money you've spent. I've had so many counseling sessions with people just helping them grieve over the loss of the money that they don't feel that they got any return on their investment, and yet they have to spend more money again. And for many cases, people didn't even have the money. They're borrowing it. They're trying to like, you know, get it from the church or get it from family members or friends and then having to go back and tell people, yeah, we're, we're still struggling. We're still trying to figure this out. This is hard times, not just the year, but situations. And there's not a perfect system. There's not a step-by-step -step process. I don't hope that'll change. I'm trying to do what I can to make that change. I'm working on some things right now that, you know, um. I'm going to see what I can make happen to, to do my little part. And I know a lot of other people out there in this world are trying to do their part. You know, the path that many of us are on to try to help get people support and treatment and, and just good, you know, good plans together and putting facilities and treatment centers together that help people throughout all these stages of the process, covering it with insurance, getting people to, you know, get the money to cover the stuff. This stuff, we're all doing our piece, but until we have a system, you cannot stop fighting for your loved ones, for yourself, and for the people who are reaching out to you. And so, Heidi, I'm saying this just as much to you and everyone else, is that if you don't have the answer, don't feel like you failed. Just keep looking. Go ahead, Heidi. I'll shut up for a minute. Just for 60 seconds, though. <laughs> well... So I can promise. I, I appreciate that. And I, I think that there's some levels of, yes, that's super frustrating to hear, but also I think that there's some validation. If you're feeling frustrated because you're not sure what to do, you're not doing it wrong, you know, and, 
And as I sit and I think about, um, I, I'm, I'm such a, like, I want to do something. I want a, I want a solution. I want action. <laughs> and I think that what this podcast is about is action that we can do in our homes while we're still working to try to figure something out. Right. Like I know that, I know that some of the things that we talk about might not seem like the golden goose of solutions, but the things that we're talking about are like little ways to just add, 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 you know, there's, there's a story. I'm, I don't know if we've talked about it before on this, on this podcast, but there's a story that's told about um, a cycling team in France and they got a new, I don't know all the details. Up, so Great. But there's this cycling team, they get a new coach and the coach comes and they've been losing. Can you hear me? Yeah, you know, you cut out, but when you came back, it was a perfect segue because you started over again naturally. So continue. <laughs> okay. So they'd been losing, and the coach was like, had this plan to just do one percent better in a lot of different areas. So he wasn't like saying, I mean, you know, we've all gone into the new year and we've all been like, okay. I want to just push the reset button and I want to be a completely different human. At least that's how I usually, usually feel. But this coach didn't come in and say, I want every one of you to start from scratch. We're going to start over. We're going to rip this all down and build this up. No, he said, we're going to do 1% better in every area. I want you to, to sleep 1% better. So he got people like better pillows. I want you to drink 1% better, better hydration. I want you to, um, stretch out. Well, you're gonna say, I thought you were going to say tequila for a second. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, go ahead. I mean, maybe 1%. Yeah. He, he said, I'm going to take every area and I just want to do 1% better. But then when they had this team of 30 people and in all of these 25 different areas, I don't know how many areas I'm making this up, they added 1% better. And then it created these huge percentage points of gains as they work together. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because when we talk about like, for example, in our last week's episode, we talked about creating connection instead of concern before, right? Before. Yeah. Before concern. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's right. Keep going, girl. You got connection it. You, before you, concern. Yes. If, if we yeah. can be 1% better at creating connection before concern, in case you can hear Rocky snoring in the background. Okay, I was wondering, like, it sounds like there's like, <laughs> like rumbling. I'm like, are you like moving that. around? On I thought you're sitting on vinyl and you're like moving around. That's your dog rumbling. Okay, no, I was like, David is giving is me noise? this look. You guys, we're on Zoom. David's giving me this look, and he's trying to figure something out. And then I look down and realize Rocky is snoring. This happens. That's what it, I was trying to figure out. What it sounds like. That's exactly what it sounds like. Like this Rocky is a snoring. Side note. This is a side note, but whenever you take my online classes and I'm doing my voiceovers, you can always hear Rocky in the background because he won't leave me alone. 
There's there's nothing I can do. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Sorry. That was, we got to do 1% better with Rocky too. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that when we're in this losing situation, just like this French team was, right? We can't come in and say, all right, we're going to brainwash all of you and bring in that twinkly thing that they have in Men in Black and say, you know, we're going to blitz your brain and we're going to start over. We can't do that. But what we can do is we can take all of these little areas and we can do a little bit better. And even if it's just 1%, that's better. And then when you're working on maybe five areas of getting better sleep, getting better hydrated, not freaking out, connection before concern, you know, then you've got five things that you're doing 10, five or 10 things you're doing 1% better on, then pretty soon you're doing 10% better. I know that I sound a little emotional in my voice and I feel a little emotional because what I wish I could do is just like scream stop to everything, (laughs) to all of the news cycle and to all the freaking out and all the, like every single conversation I've had today with every single person that I've come in contact with virtually or in real life has been about this virus and about the holidays and about how hard this is. And I kind of just want to say, yeah, it is. And the sun was shining today, guys. It's December 9th and we have not had snow. That is a win in my book. That's not not a win in everybody's book. Yeah. Not if you're a ski instructor, but in my book too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but you know what I mean? Like we got to take a deep breath and we got to focus on what we can control and do a little better in those areas that we have control of. That's, that's what I think. And and maybe that's easier said than done. Uh, It is easier than said than done, but. No, I mean, ultimately, that was a much more elegant way of kind of what I was trying to to state is that, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of different things. And that little that little percentage better in those areas is going to give you some sort of foundation and, you know, make you feel like you're making some progress. And everyone's going to be different. I don't know where you need to start based upon your situation. Maybe your situation is as simple as need to just tell a friend or someone really close to you that you're having a hard time personally. And maybe your pride has said, well, I can't tell people this. Everybody else has their own problems. I don't want to bother any, anyone. So I'm just going to bury it deep down inside and never talk about it till the holidays are over. Well, then check off the holidays for 2020. You ruined the holidays. <laughs> you didn't allow the holidays to breathe. You didn't put any air in it. Um, or maybe it was more complicated, like some situations of families and people Heidi's been talking to and, and I've been talking to where they're more life or death type situations. And, um, you know, obviously we talk to people on, on the, on the mental emotional standpoint We're we're not doctors who are, you know, specialists on COVID or anything like that. So we don't have people calling us and asking us for support and understanding about those subjects, but 
and the mental, emotional, well-being and health side, you know, Heidi's that person and people feel like they could tell her anything. And me, I'm that person that um, they're paying me to help them out through this. You know, And if it's a personal friend, which a lot of times it happens, loved ones, family members, friends, they know that I'm going to take the call and listen to them. In either situation, Heidi and I are really understanding that for ourselves, we don't want to feel like we're not helping. So we're going to try to do 1% better, like Heidi was talking about. We're going to try to, you know, sometimes I get so burned out, like I just don't respond to anyone's texts because I just don't even, I know one text is going to start a conversation that's going to pull me away from my family. I'm going to be distracted in one situation and miss out on everything else. So, you know, for myself, I know that I can do 1% better in a lot of scenarios. And we're asking you guys to not take our perfect example, but to listen to what we're trying to work on. We're trying to not get defeated and get down when we don't have the answers. We're, we're trying to not give up when, when we're struggling. Brandon knows about three weeks ago, um, it was right before um, Thanksgiving, um, I, had, uh, I was going to give up. And when I say give up, I, I know logically I can't imagine myself just quitting my job and stuff like that because I only dream and fantasize and daydream about working at Costco. I'm not joking either. <laughs> that's my well, dream I know. job. Yeah. So I want to be the person that just like looks at the receipt, signs my initials, go, okay, have a good one. Like, oh, I want that job so bad. You have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I'm not, you know, I, you know, right before Thanksgiving, um, I just felt like nobody's listening. Like what I'm saying doesn't matter. I had a, what's it called? Um, when you feel bad for yourself all the time, a pity party. And uh, I, was about, yeah, I was about to take it to the streets. It was too cold outside though. To take, <laughs> make it a pity, make a pity parade. But no, I mean, I just, I was, what happened was I was watching the Netflix documentary and this kind of give you guys an example, Netflix documentary, social dilemma for like the 12th time. Um, I, I share it inside the, the class uh, that I teach. Um, as part of the curriculum or part, not part of the curriculum, just something we share in there to have kids like, go, huh, like just a thought provoking to start conversations. Right. And halfway through it, you know, we ended it cause we don't watch the whole movie and, you know, in, in one you know class and I got off and I was like, I'm listening to everything going on there. I'm listening. We stopped it right at the, as the introduction of social media um, platforms. And then that's when, boom, that's when the spike, and suicide, self-harm, and all these things just, just skyrocketed. Um, the effects it has on teenagers, the brain development, you know, all these horrible things. And I just got off that. I said goodbye to the class. It was a Zoom, you know, class time. And I got off and I just like, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, it's getting worse. I, I feel like no one's listening to me. I mean, obviously my clients I'm talking to, but all those people put together that documentary and all those people working on this stuff, they're coming from a tech perspective. They're coming from a perspective of, you know, they're clinical psychologists, they're researchers, but they're not listening like to people like you, our listeners. They're not getting phone calls in the middle of the night from their friends who are showing with this because, you know, they're trying to say, hey, we created this problem. If you've ever watched that documentary and now we're here to tell you about how the how bad the problem is and good luck. There's no answers. There's nothing to do. It was like, I mean, there's like, you know, we can keep it going. And so I, I really relate it. I, I relate to a lot of you when you I'm watching this movie that I love, by the way, I'm not hating on the documentary. I think it's great. But after I watch this great documentary, I'm left like, okay, so 
Now I have a lot more things to be scared of, fearful of. And now I know more that I didn't know. These kids know more than they didn't know. And there's still no more answers. Okay, good night. I was like ready to pack it up and just like Costco, here I come. Hopefully it'll take <laughs> me full time so I can get benefits. Point yeah. is, I'm fighting the same thing, you guys. If you guys are burned out and you're tired and you feel like you're screaming from the rooftops to your loved ones and support people and everybody's like, you know what? We hear what you're saying, but we think we just need to hope that, you know, things are going to change. And you're like, hope ain't coming, baby. <laughs> hope ain't coming. Because I love to hope because it's kept me above water. And yeah, that's that's all it gets you. Just so you're not drowning. Okay, well, how are you going to survive? How are you going to get to the next day, right? So that 1% change you, you talked about, Heidi, I think that's spot on. I got to take, I got to, you know, practice what I preach because it's been a struggle for me just to be like, I'm tired of talking about the things I've learned to help teenagers and youth with suicide. I'm not some big fancy research clinical psychologist. Nobody's listening to me on a big platform level, on a big range level. They're saying, here's the problems and we don't know what to do about it. I'm saying, raise my hand and go, I know what to do about it, but no one's, li- no one's asking me what I think. And then the only people asking me what I think are the parents that need the help, not the people who have the resources to help. So if you feel like you're a support person stuck in the middle like me, I feel you. And by the way, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I wish that I could get more people's attention for what I do know. Because it'd be a start. And if you feel like you may not have the answers, but you want the people that you care about and you love to listen to you, then, you know, you're going to have to find different ways to approach them. Sometimes you may have to do what Heidi learned. And even though it's not always easy to do, sometimes you might just need to use a mic drop. Sometimes when people come to you with the fire hose of all their problems and you desperately, because you're an emotional caregiver that doesn't get paid for it, you're an emotional nurse because most of our (laughs) listeners are. Most of our listeners are are unlicensed emotional nurses, so you're not professional. You're uh, uh, amateur nurses. <laughs> you don't get paid for it, and you're listening to all your loved ones. Volunteers, you're to do your, yeah, your volunteers. You're trying to call doctors, counselors. You're trying to help your kids, your spouses, whoever it is. And then when push comes to shove, they're like, "Oh, none of that works. It's not happening." Yeah, I get it if you're feeling down that you don't have the influence over people that you would like to have the influence over. But using the mic drop example, you can tell them you can love them. You can tell them that you found some good counselors. You found some good doctors, treatment. You found some good options. And you'd be happy to share it with them when they're ready. And if they say, give it to me now, and you start giving it to them now, they say, well, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Because I had two conversations today of people tell me, Dave, what do I do? I go, well, here's where you start. Well, the problem with this is I've already tried that. problem with this is that's not going to work. I said, the problem is... You only see the problems. It's too close. It's right. It's like you're so close to the problem that even if it was the right solution, you wouldn't know. So in those situations, I'd use a mic drop with a with someone today. And I just said, well, and by the way, I didn't say the problem is you're too close to the problem. I was much more kinder and nicer and polite than that. <laughs> but I basically said, I said, you know what? I would really love to help you. I got some ideas. You know, why don't you take some time, you know, to, to decide what you want to do. And they said, well, we have to do something today, tomorrow. I go, and in their situation, technically they didn't, you know, they felt the pressure. So I said, just take some time to think about it and we'll talk about it next week. And, and I know that wasn't what they wanted, but for my own mental, emotional, like well-being, 
and you know for for my own you know like care for them because i've known this person almost my whole entire life right i realize that i cannot save i can only support and a mic drop is you know that's a confident move you're telling someone i have your back and you need my help you know call me and if they call you and and you start to give help and they're not you know listening to it then you then you sit there and listen when they're done say hey i love you and i'm always here for you end the conversation and keep on moving. So this is a great example of an area that those of us who are listening, those of us who have people in our lives that we're supporting, that we're concerned about, that that this is a tool. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast. And in, in fact, if you want to go back um, and and kind of search it up, this is something that I remember David teaching me about a mic drop really early on. And he probably knew that because like in our first conversation, I sat down and I had to tell him everything from the time that I was born <laughs> because we, we feel like when we go in and we talk to somebody, we've got to give them this massive, massive history. But the reality is that we're a lot more alike than we are different. And so David taught me what a mic drop is. So for for people who might not have already heard you talk about a mic drop, David, give us a really quick, concise definition of what you mean when you say mic drop. I always use the analogy of how the mic drop actually began. When someone makes a bold statement and they drop the mic, that didn't mean it was halftime and they're going to come back 15 minutes later. That didn't mean that they just wanted to drop the mic because it wasn't working. They're going to pick it up and start talking again. That meant that they put a big fat period at the end of that sentence and they're walking away from whatever that was. If it was a song and it was an artist, they were saying, good night. Boom. You know, there's, there's no more. There's not you know, going to be no any encore call. performances. No more. Yeah. You mic drop after the encore, not before it. Right. But how we can use the mic drops in ways of support people and loved ones. Um, then we're really caring about something, someone, but we have to respect that they need their timing and their space and you know their ability to come to us. Because in life, we don't learn things that are shoved down our throat, even if we're asking for it. How many of you out there have kids say, help me, help me, help me? And you go help them. And they go, why are you tell me how to live my life? You're like, well, you asked me too, fool. What are we talking about? Like, you were the one that told me like to tell you what to do. It's like, I don't want you to tell me like do like that. Then you're like, fine, I don't want to do anything. You walk away. Trying to save someone, you know, that, that unfortunately not often do people actually physically need to be saved. I'm not talking about physical safety, saving someone, right? That doesn't work. You try to save someone. You know, that's not a good plan, right? And then getting all pissed off and upset because they won't accept your help and then going away. Well, if you're a parent of a child or if you love someone, if you're in, that's a lot easier and said than done. Most people talk big game like they're going to like, well, they just need to figure it out on their own and you walk away from them. But if it's your child or someone you're really close to, yeah, see how long that's going to last. That's not going to last. The, the other thing is that sometimes as parents, we kind of get into this trap of wanting to download all of our insight wisdom, life experience, perspective on a kid at once. And we want to do it when they get home, right after dinner, right before bed. And then, you you know, and, and we just keep sort of 
like we're not getting an aha moment that we feel like is that light bulb. The light bulb hasn't gone on. So we just keep saying the same thing, restating it in different ways. So and, what I love. And if and you're a normal person, if you're a normal person, you're going to get a little butt hurt by that. You're going to frustrate that. You put a lot of time and effort and attention into trying to help them. And they just resistant to it and they blocked it out. So this is how the mic drop works. Right. I think that's what you're getting at. Yes. Right. I was, I was just giving both backsides of it. Right. Front and back. I mean, so the mic I'm drop just, works. It, I'm just sharing where I, where I struggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we, we already know your problem, Heidi. Let's move on to the solution. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so where the mic drop does, it's definitely, as I like to say, your porridge ain't too hot, your porridge ain't too cold. It's just right. You're for, for the people who are religious, you're bearing testimony. For the people who are confident, you're making a bold statement. It's like a really good branding logo. It's like, just do it. You know what I mean? It's like, state like, you know, it's just those one-liners that just hit. You're like, bam, like that's impactful. But as a support person with everything that we've been talking about tonight, it's your way to keep your sanity. Check the I support them box, but I'm giving them the space and freedom to come to me when they're ready. I'm not responsible for saving them. And I'm not going to be their reason why they didn't get help because I got frustrated and I said, fine, you do it on your own. Fine, you figure it out. And, you know, that right in the middle of the mic drop could simply sound like this. Hey, I'm glad you called me. I'm glad we talked for the past three and a half hours about what's going on. Like, by the way, if that's the case, don't say that. They'll be condescending. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk. <laughs> I'm glad we we're able to. Sometimes these conversations go a long time. You can say, hey, seriously, though. I'm sorry, guys. Um, seriously, you can say, you know, I'm, I'm glad you called me. I'm glad you trust me. I'm glad that I can be here for you. And I just got to tell you, I don't have the answers for you. If there's something that you think specifically I can do to help you out, I'll make phone calls, do whatever I can. Um, I would just need you to kind of run point on this and kind of direct me, you know, what's going on. Cause you know, for me to just sit here and me to try to come up with this big plan, I mean, that, that might be difficult for me to do, but if you can tell me one specific thing I can do right away to help you out, I'd be happy to start there. And then that's the mic drop. Boom. Because you're going to get people that are like, they know that they're just venting and they're just like, ah, they can't handle it. Other people that realize, gosh, well, I guess I'm kind of asking a lot because I just said, well, here's, here's the real problem. And I listed, I listed 50 things, right? I hear that one a lot. People are like, no, here's the real problem. And then they tell me 30 things. I'm like, okay, so which one of those 30 things is the real problem? Because you just said 30 things describe one problem, Right. And sometimes people realize that they just kind of, they're saying a lot of things. And then when you say, hey, is there one thing I could do right now that could be of help to you? Sometimes you may hear like, just be my friend. Sometimes, yeah, you know, I'm really insecure about, you know, insurance and if I can even afford what I'm, I'm looking for. Okay, what's your insurance policy? You know, maybe I can call, maybe I can give you some background information. If you're doing one simple thing that's in your wheelhouse that you feel comfortable doing, it's more like you're going to follow through. But if you're getting, you know, you know, fire hose with all these things that people are struggling with and you feel like you can't come up with some miracle, you're going to feel let down. They're going to feel let down and no one's going to be better because of it. So use a good mic drop. Let them know you're there to help. Let them know you've done whatever you can. You know, if they can think of more ideas to please let you know. Mic drop and not literally walk away, but 
Now put the ball in their court. Let, let them do the next step. Now, granted, I'm not talking about someone says, hey, I'm planning on taking my life tonight and I'm suicidal. That's, we're not talking, this is not a suicide prevention conversation. This is, hey, people are coming to me, family members, friends, loved ones, and my own kids that obviously need help. I feel like I'm doing a lot of the work and then I'm not getting, you know, any like partnership on this. No one wants to feel like you're helping someone that needs help more than they're helping themselves. So, you know, in these types of situations, you can use a nice little mic drop, make a couple bold statements, you know, put it in their court, let them decide how they want to use your help. And if they ask something that's just out of your limits, or out of your capability, say, you know what, gosh, I wish I could help you that. I mean, is, is there something else you can think of? Because I, I don't really know anything about that. Like people, when they're stressed out, guess what they want to do? They want other people to take their stress. And if you're really good at showing up and taking the stress off of other people, you may be actually unknowingly enabling them to learn how to take the stress off themselves yeah. or at least, or at least instruct you how to help them. Some people you can help, but if, if you're taking the wheel and you're do, asking them all the questions, doing all the work, I mean, that, that, that's kind of, a, that's kind of, a, it can work once, but if this becomes a pattern, then now the, the relationship is established on you're the savior and they're the person needs to be saved. And they don't want to feel like that. And you don't want to feel like that. Well, everybody that's listening, just take a deep breath. Um, Rewind that and listen to it a couple more times so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, I um, I think that when we're worried and and we're worried about somebody, sometimes talking and over talking becomes a, a bit of a, a problem. Um, and so, you know, that's something that you could probably, that each one of us could evaluate in our relationships. Um, and there's, you know, nothing. I mean, have you been in one of those Zoom meetings when the person that's kind of leading the meeting just keeps saying the same thing over and over, just maybe using different words? And you're just like, I can't, I can't sit here. I can't listen to this. Wrap it up. Wrap it up, Rappy. <laughs> um, I, I love what you said about that. Maybe if there's one thing that I could help you with, what's one thing? Because that really helps people kind of sort through the muck. So I think that's also a really great suggestion. I like that a lot. Um. But, you know, if you're wondering if you're crazy because you're feeling off and you're wondering if your isolation is starting to get to you, you're not crazy. It really is. <laughs> and, um, or as I like to say, if you feel like you're going crazy, you're quite sane. Oh, there you go. That's I worked in psych hospitals for a long time. And the people that, I mean, not shaming, but would fall into the definition of mental, like they can never live outside of a hospital. Like they're just, you know, they're, they're there, right? Those people don't know they're crazy. <laughs> they think everyone else is crazy. <laughs> so if you think I'm losing my mind, I'm going crazy. Well, then that's a good sign. That's a notification. <laughs> oh man. Well, not a good sign, but just... a good sign that you're still sane is what I'm saying. <laughs> you haven't lost it yet. That's right. All right. Well, I think that it's just kind of a good reminder that this is hard. There's no shortcuts. There's no, 
get out of jail free. There's no huge life hacks. Um, mental nobody goes undefeated in this illness. game, right? Mental and illness nobody goes is undefeated. real. It's a real problem, um, a widespread problem, and that doesn't mean we shy away from it. But it does mean that we that we got to recognize that it's that it's a big hill and so just keep on keep on taking care of your if you are a support person keep taking care of yourself um if you're the one that's struggling don't do it alone reach out and ask for help let somebody know you know I will say this, and and I've told this to David before, and and I, I know this to be true in my own life. Just talking about it with somebody that you trust and somebody that loves you will give some relief. So find find that person that you can be honest with, and tell people what's really going on. Don't. Don't do this alone. Don't pretend. Don't hide. Don't stay in the shame. Um, you know, and to reiterate what Heidi's saying, because I think it was cutting off when I tried to say it before, no one's undefeated in the game of life. Nobody. We all take L's. We all take losses. You learn, obviously, a lot more from your losses than your wins. Everybody knows that. I'm not saying some motivational speech that no one's ever heard of before. but. If it's un, if it's not possible to go undefeated throughout these holidays and throughout the time you're at right now, let's just try to get get above 500. Above 500, if you don't know those sports analogies, means that you're in the positive, you're in the green, okay? And that means you know asking for help, you know doing one thing for yourself, asking one person to help you. If you feel like you've asked people before they weren't able to help you, well, ask someone else this time. Yeah, like like I said, it's not my saying, but if you're going through hell, just keep going. Don't, don't put in park. Yeah. Well, you guys, there's, this is a, I'm just going to say this, this is a heavy time and a lot of us are feeling it and it's a beautiful time and it's okay. And I think it's super important to feel the heaviness and to look for the light. And I think that as we, you know, maybe even as you're, as you're doing a self-check at the end of the night and you do your very own highs and lows and who the heck knows and give yourself space to be frustrated and give yourself space to be happy and thankful. And that's one of those areas that we can all probably be 1% better in as well. Um, keeping yourself in check, noticing where you are, and taking care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Um, so thank you, David. So, so did you take notes on that, Heidi, for yourself? Do we need I, to replay I, it back? I wrote that down as I said it. Um, right. She's like, man, that sounds like something I should do. <laughs> Self-check. Self-checks. Um, anyway, for all of you listening, going into the last couple, couple weeks of 2020, the last couple of weeks before the holidays, 
we want to wish you happy holidays. We, we thank you for listening and being on this journey with us because it's going to take all of us to work together and find solutions. Um, so thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. I'm going to give you some pre-prayed gratitude here, guys. Thanks for giving an extra 1% this week. <laughs> and um, thanks for helping us to light the fight.